Hello and welcome once again to the official Scottish Rugby podcast. This week we've got a schools theme. We're going to talk to uh, Rory Dadge from the national side and Ali Rogers from the under-20 side about their current, their here now, but also about their, uh, their progression through schools and how they got involved in rugby. I'll catch up with Rachel as well, look ahead to the Guinness Six Nations this weekend. Delighted to be joined by a couple of guys who are thoroughly involved with Scottish rugby uh, in the present, but we're going to have a, a big look at the past as well about their experiences in, in school rugby. It's Scottish Rugby Schools Week starting the 21st of March, sponsored by Saltire Energy, uh, and there's going to be over 500 schools taking part uh, in the and I suppose the ability to grow uh, and expand the game of rugby in Scotland is so vital and so important. But uh, we're going to start in the here now. Delighted to say we're joined by under 20s prop Ali Rogers. Uh, and, and Scottish Interlast was uh, Rory Dard. So I think the, well, where do we start? We'll start on the, uh, just the Six Nations as a whole, Ali. Start with you, you got your first cap uh, for the under-20s down in Colwyn Bay uh, against Wales and then had a, a, a big involvement against France in round three. Obviously, we're looking ahead to Italy as well this week. But just give us your first experiences uh, of being involved in the under-20s in the Six Nations. Well, we've been at it for a few months now. It's just been amazing to be involved in. From a few months ago, not looking like it to being here, involved, playing, getting my first cap was, was something incredible. Not no, no the best result, but great to get out there. And then the France game, getting 50 odd minutes when I thought I was going to get 20 and just do the best I could when I come on. How, you, you say you didn't feel like it was going to be uh, a possible. Why was that? Were you injured? Were you not? Never thought it would be possible, really. It wasn't that fit. Just, just trying to catch up for COVID, never wait, just not doing too great, and then just worked hard to get. To get where I am now, yeah. And is that through your club? Uh, was it your Hawks you're playing with at the moment? Yeah, yeah it was a Hawks, yeah. Right, so, you, uh, so you're working there, training away, and then it's a, there's a great message just to, like if you, you know, kind of reaching for these goals, but it's even better message if you don't believe you're going to get there and, and you get there with, with the hard work. So was it extra sessions? Was it kind of changing in behaviour or was it just a, a real desire to, to, to be involved in their 20s? Just a desire, eating, eating, eating a bit better, training hard at Hawks, training hard at Academy in the morning, and just trying to get myself as fit as possible. Still, still with the fittest, but well, I'm, I'm getting there. <laughs> no, we'll uh, we'll keep on that. We'll we'll, uh, we'll look ahead a wee bit tightly in, in a, a a wee while. But Darge, you're uh, just uh, just on an amazing journey over the last two or three years, and it's not that long ago you were involved with under twenties, under twenty captain. I mean, you must have one of the the most number of appearances for under twenty. I think I remember you playing. You were seventeen. Was that right? Yeah, I started early with, with um, my first cap was when I was 17 against Wales, in Wales, finally, same as, as, as um, my full cap was away in Wales, first cap off the bench under Steve Scott, who was the head coach at the time. And then, yeah, like you say, but, but to be fair, I, play, I played that Six Nations and that World Cup, but then I missed the next Six Nations World Cup through injury and then came back for the my third year of 26 Nations, but then that final would have been the trophy was cancelled anyway because of COVID. So actually, I never... Ended up, you know, right. uh, getting that many. Been involved for been involved for, for such a long time, but I'm going to yeah. kind of fast forward to. Uh, I mean, obviously, winning that first cap was special. You mentioned it was in Wales. It was a tough game to come on in, but uh, you've had a, a lot of involvement in the national team over the last twelve months. Really, it wasn't you involved in the summer and then involved in, in, in November as well, just with injuries getting in the way. But yeah. to finally get that first cap, and it was a defeat. It was away from home in Cardiff, but just on on a personal level, how. How rewarding was that? Yeah, well, even even before the summer and the autumn, I was in um, as an invited train, wasn't it? Yeah, during that during the Six Nations again. So I'd had a bit of a taste for it. I was well as at Edinburgh, had a bit of a taste for the Six Nations as well. I was being involved 
you know, twenty fourth man stuff and, and training and seeing what the guys what the guys do. But yeah, as you touched on it there. Although although the result probably, you know, if we had won that game in Wales, it would have mm-hmm. been a it would have been a different, you know, different feeling, but it was still a special day. You know, mm-hmm. lining up for the anthem was, was probably the moment where you're like, This is and even the bus in like the atmosphere down in Wales before the game was it's incredible in Wales, eh? Yeah, just nuts. And just the volume, like when you're actually in the stadium for the anthems. In fact, my family came down, so I got to see them after the game and stuff. So yeah, it was just a just a special day. Wales, because the stadium's right in the city centre, is it? Do you still obviously drive in and the streets are just lined? I mean, you yeah. can hardly get through, isn't it? It's it's quite yeah. unique. Yeah, and you get a good welcome, and it's it's a good enough Scottish people there as well. Yeah, fair, it's not it's not like it's just just Welsh jerseys running around the. There was a lot of Scots there to welcome us and welcome the bus into the stadium. So, yeah, that's that's when I don't listen to music when I'm uh, on the bus, but you know when it's a game like that and you know that the atmosphere is building on your way in because you know that sort of gets you gets you up for it enough. We'll touch on, on France as well, Ali. You mentioned you, you got 50 odd minutes against France came on quite early. What, what was the take on that game? Obviously another another defeat, but uh, for, for the under 20s, but quite similar to the, the the two games before that where there was. You're still in those games. There's a lot of fight. There's a lot of desire, but just maybe falling away a little bit towards the end of the at the end of the game. What was the the kind of initial thoughts after the after the game against France? Well, well, obviously we were all gutted. Knew knew it was there. There was opportunity. They were down to fourteen and then thirteen at one point. A lot a lot of disappointment when we first came in. But after looking at it, there there were a lot of positives there. Uh, goal from the week before was coming out with points from the finish zone. And we went from nothing in Wales to scoring two tries in the finish zone. Well, we worked a lot better, a lot louder than everything we'd worked on throughout the week. A lot of positives came from it, more than just negatives. And we're looking at the, obviously just the start of the week, the, the Italy week. So you've been back in camp today. How's the, the spirits looking ahead to uh, an, an away game, effectively, in, uh, over in Italy? How's, uh, how's the spirits? Yeah, well, we'd uh, walk through in the morning. And everyone was switched on from the start. Like, yeah, a couple of games to just warm us up, just through the hands and big energy, right? Let go. Everyone knew the rules straight away, just getting into it. Everything was done perfectly. Uh, moved into units in the afternoon. Uh, every day, just G'd up at sight from the get go, hitting balls, doing scrums, just forward stuff. You're smiling at the balls and scum, but eh? you're straight face for all the games and fun, and the balls and scums come up with a massive smile with <laughs> tears on your face. You're giving it away, Ali. Is that the bread and butter? Is that what you enjoy? Yeah, only thing I'm good at. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you, Dad, have you seen any of the under-20s games? I know the, the coaches were along at the home games. Have you been able to see any of them in the, well, before the, the main internationals that you've been involved in this year? Yeah, yeah, we've watched, um, watched bits of them all. I think was, the one I saw most of was the England game and it was just, you could tell how fired up the boys were mm-hmm. at the start of the game, just getting fired in. Like all the forwards, all the defensive shots and stuff like that. Like you said, there's always a disappointment when you when you lose twenties games, but it's still like it's it's, it's still especially when you put meet your first cap and that for the twenties. Yeah, they, pretty similar in some of the games that you played in Dutch, where the improvement from the start of the Six Nations to the end of the Six Nations is really apparent, isn't it? And just yeah. a case of time together. So I suppose for, for a message from you to Ali, that happened. I think most of the time you're involved and I do see a big improvement. So it is worth really sticking to those principles as, as you go through championship and, and that time together, it's really it's beneficial, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. We, we, uh, I remember my first Six Nations, we lost against Wales, lost against France and it was a heavy defeat in Cumbernauld. They had like Entomac, uh, I remember that, eh? Bamba and, and, then, and then sort of it was, it was a heavy defeat. But the next week we went to beat England at Meyerside. Mm-hmm. And it's always that sort of third, fourth game, I think, for the 20s that everything seems to click and you, you, you usually get a, 
either a result or at least the, the performance that we're looking for. Yeah, it's just time together. It's uh, it's invaluable because you don't get a huge amount of time before that first game, but it really is important yeah. to add to the that energy and that enthusiasm and that gut and desire. It's always going to be there in a Scotland shirt with a, with a fist on the chest. So just adding those those fine bits you learn in the first few weeks can really make a difference in the in the the final couple of weeks. And Dad, you, we can't not talk about the your performance against France. I know you're shuffling in your seat you're, you're almost getting a wee bit embarrassed as we talk about it but in terms of first start brilliant opposition but your application shifted position on the Friday really from 6 until 7 as well how, how firstly I suppose on a technical point how difficult was that I know you play predominantly 7 and 8 you can play across the back row but when you're preparing all week for your first international start and the day before you your roles change significantly how much of a concern was that or or how yeah. did you how do you deal with that change so late on? Frankly, the coaches sort of managed it so that my role wasn't massively different. Obviously, it was you know it's essentially two open sides playing mm-hmm. with me and Hamish. Mm-hmm. Then Hamish dropped out. I was still doing a lot of the same roles and set pieces and stuff. There was a couple of different changes. So obviously, Spoons isn't isn't a seven; he's more a traditional six slash eight. Mm-hmm. So then, yeah, it kind of made it like back to what I've been doing all season for Glasgow and just that traditional seven role where. You, know, you don't really have to think about much else other than what, what you, what's expected of you, which is usually, you know, breakdown work and, and some of the set-piece delivery stuff. Do you set individual goals for, for each game in terms of the breakdown stuff? Because it's, it's a big part of your game. And, yeah. And if so, I, I assume you exceeded the, some of the yeah. targets you set. No, I, I try not to really set goals, but maybe just, like, things to think of, you know, during the game. Mm-hmm. You know, before the game, I'll maybe write down things that I really need to focus on or, you know, in attack and defence. And it's just sort of trigger words, really. It's not like um, I say, oh, I have to get two turnovers or three yeah. turnovers because sometimes it doesn't present, the opportunity doesn't present itself. And then if you find yourself chasing, it might be to the detriment of, you know, sort of team defence structure and stuff like that. So yeah. I usually just try and write down um, little things to think about during the game. Did, did you see, you obviously played on the Friday night, Ali, but did you watch the, the full international against the French on Saturday? Uh, mm-hmm. few, few of the boys headed to Murrayfield and then a few just met up in the city and just watched it together there. Well, pretty impressive, weren't they? Cyril Bai, is he somebody you would look up to? He was, he's not, he's not bad in the, the nah, no, no, no bad at all. Elements of his game that, that you would like to involve yourself in? Probably more, more open play because that, that's something I could work on a little more would be, my, would be my open play more than set-piece stuff so like not not just the traditional kind of probably just scrums and then just walks about the pitch for the rest. It just kind of, kind of goes and gets stuck in. And I know, he's, he's, a, he's pretty special. He kind of got that offload away for the second try. I think with you know, four or five defenders. But I was really impressed. Arjun, with France, I thought immediately after I thought that it was almost like a, a joy to be there to see them in the flesh, how well they played. And then when I went back over and looked at it, I thought we did so well to get back into the game after those those two early tries. And then even after the try before and after half time, the tries before and after time, I still thought there was on review opportunities where we didn't take close to the line, a couple of five meter line outs. I assume you agree with that, but at the time we felt as if we were so far behind because the tries were so quick before and after half time, we'd be forced to game a wee bit. Would there be kind of in review and a, and a kind of week or so or 10 days later, is there a, a clearer head as to how maybe we should have played in the second half, a wee bit more structure perhaps? You mentioned it there, it's, it's understandable when gone from a missed opportunity ourselves yeah. to them scoring and then them scoring again early in the second half. So then it's a 16-point game. Mm-hmm. You can understand the mindset, but as you said, we still had opportunities in the second half. Mm-hmm. We definitely had that five-meter line out. 
and we had a pick and go session to set, but lost the ball. And it was only at 45 minutes, so it's still 35 yeah. minutes to play. So yeah, I think I think you're buying on in terms of it's you know you don't you don't need to chase it too early and, and play too much rugby, but it's easy. Yeah, it, at the time it felt like a momentum swing, so that's why it was understandable. You know, when when they totally. scored that try and then sec- first half and the start of second half. I know totally because it almost extended the lead by by so much, but then it, I think the scoreboard kind of flattered them a wee bit. No matter how you know, I'm not saying we would have certainly come back and won, but. Definitely, it's that pressure the scoreboard around. Yeah, you know, two quick tries. But I suppose the the beauty of that is you can now go away to Italy this week. The team isn't announced. Obviously, you guys don't know the team. But in terms of, can I mention Ali? One or two two things you can pick up from the early part of the Six Nations for the for the latter part of Six Nations is that kind of clarity of thinking with the application you've shown already. Something to be focused on for for two away games in the bounce coming up in the next couple of weeks. Like you said, we still played some good stuff. It was just you know maybe the you know, bits that we can learn from the, the sort of that, that game there and and hopefully and hopefully put the bits that we, the opportunities that we created still into the game, but then also, you know, you know, tidy up the bits that we got wrong against France. That's a key looking forward. We'll we'll, uh, we'll hear much more about the games in the in the week as we build up to the to the game obviously in, in, in Rome and in Dublin. But it's uh, as I said before, it's uh, Scottish schools week, uh, Scottish rugby schools week starting the twenty first of March and you guys are on for a number of reasons, but one of those reasons is just that uh, you've got a real Kind of rich history and, and you know, kind of strong memories of playing rugby at school, getting started. Ali, we'll start with you. Where did you, because you, you were not late to rugby, but you, you picked the ball up for the first time at, at school. Was it Auchinleck Academy? Auchinleck Academy, I yeah, never never played rugby, never touched a rugby ball before first year. Got to Auchinleck Academy. Uh, Stephen Raby was the head of rugby there. Oh, yeah. And it was just a case of like a couple of our mates were going, and it was just an opportunity for a bit of fun. And run about a pitch and pit folk and just just have a, just have a bit of a laugh. I were you aware of rugby before that? Like, had you seen it on TV? Or had you mates that played it? Or was just something that wasn't? I'd never really, never really watched it. All the boys at the primary played football, so there wasn't there wasn't much of a chance to get into it. And what grabbed you? You say the first time. What was it? What was the bit that you thought? Listen, I, I love this. Just well, I played. I fought a judo before that, so it was a bit physical, and it was just. Uh, was the too great at football? So uh, <laughs> just it was just uh, just something that seemed interesting about the physical game running into folk. It just seemed like you're, a meant, you, you're meant to run round them, Ali. <laughs> no, no, me. <laughs> I got that a bit wrong. And uh, and Dad, you were North Berwick, weren't you? Uh, who yeah. ran the I think the Shield final this week, the under 16s actually. Um, yeah. So, so it was a good like then. But were you more? rugby aware at the school or was it similar to you were you just kind of picked up the ball first time and fell in love with it or was it was it in your family did you play it as a younger player in primary school what was your story it wasn't so much in my family to be fair it was more football and I started football as well I was very average and then played rugby I think I still started early primary four or something like that so what's that eight years old nine years old or something started playing rugby at North Bank Minis which is obviously the rugby club there and then playing for the school once we got to high school and yeah, I just I was the same. Loved it, and when I started training and playing games and stuff, making friends, and and then once you're at school as well, they started the conferences mm-hmm. sort of a couple of years into my high school, which they hadn't done before. So it was mainly just sort of friendlies and stuff. But once you started the conferences and cup, you know, competitive rugby. So if you went in like a bit of a cup run or won a game, it was yeah, it was just it was pretty cool to do with your mates. So did did that make a difference? That competitive edge to it, because obviously friendlies are great, and you get the love of the game. But did you kind of want that competitive edge, want that the opportunity to to go on a win and run, or, or have the consequence of winning or losing? I suppose. 
Yeah, hundred percent. I think it was like maybe in fourth year. I think we went in a bit of a cup run. Fourth year we won. We won the field or the or the plate. It might have been against Colum- Columbus, St. Columbus, and then you know went in a bit of a cup run the year after. And it was just so much more special when you you know got a chance of winning a trophy or something like that. And what it mean to you, to do that with your mates? Do you have any any memories of playing games or competitive games, Ali? Did you go cup runs? Uh, any success? Ultimately, it was for, for the size of the school when like. I wasn't really known as a rugby school, that did quite well. First year and second year, we went to finals at Rugby Park at Kilmarnock. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we lost, <laughs> we lost both of them. Uh, and that, that, that was just the regional stuff. And then third year, it would have been my sixth year, first year of 16s, we played the finals day at Murrayfield and won the bowl. It was, it was the lowest thing you could win there, but it was, it was a big thing for the school. Like, Absolutely. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if the school had ever made anything national, get buses up from the school, busloads to the school, teachers, pupils, everything up to watch it and that, that that was a big thing in season we won the regional trophy again so that was a that was the double for the school that year and that, that that was a massive thing there and how was that how was that accepted by the rest of the school did you feel like obviously felt amazing morning but in terms of representing the schools how was the reaction from you say the bus loads that, that went up more it makes it pretty special even at a young age doesn't it that that appreciation that support you get yeah just having people behind you the, the final whistle went and uh, there was a fence up so people could have gone in the pitch, but it's something like nobody, nobody really cares. So they, they were jumping the fence further on the pitch. It was, it was going mental. It was just the ball, but it was just massive. The, the whole school was just buzzing. So you would you would encourage folk who haven't played rugby or maybe want to play rugby or try it to, to get wired in, eh? Aye. Like, we, as I said, we're no, we're no a big rugby school. It went to zero to 100, and it was just good group of boys that no everybody was the least talented but everybody worked hard and that, that that's what we take from coming from there everybody works hard they don't mind the dirty work and it's just we we stuck in and we ground out a win and you both obviously progressed on from there so did you move into an academy from school earlier did you go and uh, was it more through the kind of club stuff but both uh, i joined Cardinal rugby club which is the local the local club to the school and played there until third year and then got asked to regional stuff, but I started off as a back rower, so I showed up to the regional stuff as an eight, and the coach says, what, what, what position are you? And I was like, an eight, was short and fat, and like, <laughs> no, no, you're no. <laughs> uh, you, you, ever put, you, ever, you ever played prop? Never played prop in my life, but I was like, aye, aye, did, 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 did that. that was a Tuesday, I said I'd played prop, we changed Tuesday, Thursday, and we were up at Aberdeen playing Cali in the, the Sunday, never played prop before, and then that, that, that's just where I've been stuck since then. Baptism of fire. And you went, um, you were one of the, the guys who went on the cashback trip to Nagasaki, yeah, Japan, okay. wasn't it? With Big Al leading the charge. What were your, what were your, uh, your most fond memories of that, have you? And it was just completely out of the blue. We hadn't heard anything what. And I, I had just come back for a broken leg. And it was misery, but the school was like, hey, are you ready to train? I probably wasn't, but I was like, I when you go, when you go. Went up to Scotland for, for trials. Uh, Went on, just went on to there to Nagasaki in the August. I think it was ten days. Played two games and it was a, a cultural experience as, as well. Trying different foods and it was an anniversary of the bomb and we learned a, a, a lot of that. Peace ceremonies, mm. meeting different people that been involved in it. And it was just, it's just amazing. And all that, and all that came for just starting rugby at school with a few mates. That's brilliant. Eh? It's, it's such a, it's a, a brilliant kind of opportunity to, to grow and learn and, and travel and see. It's a Kind of special adventure that's just only started, Ali. More to come. And Dad, you were uh, kind of obviously mentioned before, heavily involved in the age grade stuff as well. Was was the academy stuff just come 
immediately out of school for you, or did you play? I know you played at Melrose as well, but was it club rugby before that? No, it was uh, Melrose was my first senior club. I went, I went straight from um, high school at seventeen, I think, to moving to Gala Shields for college and academy. Mm-hmm. That set up down there with the Borders and Southern Academy, and then played for Melrose Twos for a sort of season or two, and then into the first. So that was my experience of club rugby. I never really. Apart from minis, obviously, at North Bear, never really played for North Bear Rugby Club and straight to Melrose out of high school. And it's amazing how quickly things turn. Hey, I was doing a commentary in the French game and I was waxing lyrical about your performance. But say, listen, I'm just so impressed with how you've dealt with every stage in terms of, remember, under 20s and then, you know, first professional involvement fairly recently, in all honesty, and then first European yeah. involvements and then delivering those performances again internationally. So is it, um, each step gets harder and harder, but you seem to make it. I'll not say look easy because it's certainly not easy but is that something that you just learn on the go or is it just do you approach the games the same do you realise you know the step ups obviously would be greater but you rely on those around about you you just seem to be able to make those steps every every time is that something that was kind of born from your, your rugby background growing up through those different levels or do you just not care who you're playing where you're playing for you're just going to go out and do it yeah, I think, oh, it's, 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 as you said, it's been just so fast. And it's almost every game has been, like you said, that my first professional game wasn't long ago. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, every URC game for me was, you know, a, a big occasion. And I was, you know, nervous for the game and, you know, ne- and, and the build-up. And then it was my first European game, which is another mm-hmm. thing. And I was like, you know, so it, it's almost like every week's just been getting ready for the next game, getting ready for the next game. So it's kind of helped me in that way, just focus on taking it week by week. As I said, every, it, seems like it's, it feels like every week's, the biggest game that I've played in. So, yeah. you know. That'll never change. That'll never yeah. change. Honestly. Yeah. If, I, if I can give you both, as an old man, make it two young men, a bit of advice, that, that's brilliant to hear because it, it, it became, it, for me, it became about the next week, the next week, the next week. If I was lucky enough to play well or be successful or, you know, win a game, win a trophy, win an accolade, I always felt I have to do better the next game week. So, it's a brilliant yeah. attitude to have and, Long may it continue. And just before we, we let you go, Glasgow season guards, it's um, obviously a disappointing result at the weekend away, away to Scarlet's, but a really good run before that. How much are you enjoying the uh, the setup through at Scotson? Yeah, I think like you said it was it was a disappointing result, but it was a bit of a blip because the boys have gone five and five until then. I think it's Edinburgh next. I think that's the night before the Island game. So yeah. um, I'm not sure if that one's home or away, but that'll be that's it's obviously a, it's, a at Scotson, it's at Scotson that one now. Yeah. Not only the sort of the Derby side of it, but for a week point yeah. huge as well. So we could see that how that goes. And yeah, it's been awesome. Like it, since I've come across, it's not been that long that I've been there, but all the boys in the back row, all the boys and just across the squad have been awesome. They're welcoming me in and same as the coaches give me an opportunity. So yeah, I've just I've just loved being there. And Ali, is that a, a kind of future goal to, to be involved with the the Warrior squad for you? hundred percent but with the season ticket for four or five years now. So it's just been going there every other Friday night, watching fair, watching first day of the rugby up to still to know so it's some huge that I'm aiming for and hopefully one day I'll get there. Yeah, but hope so too. Listen, lads, I know it's a test week, busy week uh, as a build up to the, the games uh, against Italy. So huge amount of thanks for your time and also giving us a, a kind of real good insight into your school's experience and how valuable that is, as I say, when it's a busy week. So thanks for your time. Great to hear for you. Good luck for the games uh, this weekend, obviously under 20s and, and the national game on Saturday. So, top man. Nice Thanks for your time, lads. Well, Rach, as I say, I caught up with Rory Darge and Ali Rogers earlier on. Um, a couple of good young players, uh, good 
chat with them really about international stuff in under-20s and obviously the, the, the Guinness Six Nations as well. But uh, it was on the theme of the uh, Scottish Rugby Schools Week about how they got involved in schools rugby and how it you know, led on to the careers they're in at the moment. But you were a bit different. You didn't play rugby at school, did you? You had uh, no, no. no school background in rugby. No school background. No, I was hockey through and through, all the way through school and, and university. didn't have a rugby team at, at my school, but they do now have a women's rugby team, which is very cool. Have you ever um, been girl. asked to, to pop in and see them? Uh, no, I haven't been actually, oh. but I think I will at some point for sure. Mm-hmm. I obviously don't live in the same country as I uh, <laughs> as I went to school in, but no, I'd love to go back in and and see what it's all about. But now it's 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 brilliant to see more and more schools having having girls rugby teams. I think it's 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 something we talk about a lot. Is like the older lot within our team that you know most of us didn't have opportunities to play at school, which is 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 a real shame. But it's it's definitely changing in the right direction. Do you find that like a, 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 I was speaking about this to somebody just the other day at Orem actually, and it's almost like the journey you guys are on at the moment in terms of the, the World Cup qualification, the journey and, and improvement on the field, improvement off the field in terms of the physicality, the conditioning, the whole package that you're existing. There's an extra pressure as well because you're almost trend setting a wee bit in rugby. Do you feel that pressure in terms of you're giving so many young girls the opportunity to aspire to do what you're doing, whereas maybe I mean, you didn't play rugby at a young age, but it would maybe be yeah. harder for the, the younger girls to see the equivalent then. Yeah, yeah, potentially. Like, I think we still have incredible role models that went before us. So, like, mm. although we are trend-setting in the sense of, like, we're probably moving towards a more professional era mm. of um, Scotland women's rugby, I think, like, the, the women that went before us and the, the types of individuals they were and the way they trained very much kind of set a standard for us as, as coming through. I definitely had brilliant role models when I first came into the squad. So I, I don't think there's there's necessarily that pressure. I think we feel more of a responsibility that we've got a really pretty exciting opportunity at the minute to try and keep pushing Scotland women forward, if that makes sense. Like we all talk about leaving our shirts in the best place possible, but also leaving the programme in the best place possible. So we're trying to challenge Scottish rugby we're trying to challenge our coaches we're trying to challenge everything about it to keep pushing it forward and not just settling for being happy with where we're at which is quite uncomfortable in some ways <laughs> you can um, yeah so like especially like as a leader it's, it's not always like the, the nicest conversation to have but you know we're quite lucky that our management team are very receptive to it and they're in a similar position that they want to keep pushing it forward so now I'm, I'm very happy with like how how we've progressed Mm-hmm. both on and off pitch and and I'm excited because there's there's lots of stuff that we still want to improve and, and keep pushing forward. Absolutely well Scottish Schools Rugby Week is 21st of March there's over 500 schools signed up involved as well so it really helps to, to grow the game at such a, a vital level. We spoke with Rory Dads about the Glasgow game which is disappointing last weekend the, the mm. defeat in Scarlet especially after the, a reasonably a controlled first half, uh, a disappointing second half. But you, uh, you saw the, the Edinburgh game, and the... I did. <laughs> it was uh, it was <laughs> fireworks at the damn hell, was it? Yeah, no, it was. Do you know what? Like the most ridiculous game rugby I've watched in a long time in terms of the swing. Yeah, like the first twenty minutes, um, kind of similar to my game at the weekend. Actually, they, they looked like Edinburgh were still in the changing rooms, but they, the way they turned that game around. The kind of the way that they the performance as well not just like the result was was pretty phenomenal I thought the back row I love talking about the back row as we know but yeah. I, I do think the back row um you know Ben Muncaster and Connor Boyle in particular were both mm. were both really impressive in terms of just creating a lot in attack Blair Kinghorn at 10 I thought controlled really, good, things wasn't it? really really well um and again the back three that performed performed well kind of I think Blair did a really good job of, of kind of playing them into the game but 
they they played really well as well. So no, it was an interesting one and a good one to watch. If I'm I honest, know, it was, wasn't it? it was such a yeah. such a swing. I mean, it just it was so kind of inaccurate early on. Had it, you know, I think they had the obviously had the ambition to play, but it was inaccurate. It couldn't control possession, couldn't keep yeah. possession. And Connor did what Connor have done a lot this year, and I thought started so well, and some of the attacking play was brilliant. And then just as you say, that complete swing. Yeah, I, I think you know, helped by you know better ball retention. But you mentioned Blair at ten, and I thought the way he kind of brought other players into the game, the threat yeah. he poses opens opportunities and spaces for, for others. So uh, yeah, brilliant, Mike. I, have, I spoke to Mike once or twice since, and he was uh, he was uh, he wasn't too happy with the, the first twenty five, no. but delighted with the. Just the fact that the players are really sticking to what they know and they believe yeah. is the right way to play, they're regardless like of who's a lot, there. And then, but they are also playing with like a lot of ambition. Like yeah. they're not, you know, it's sometimes those games where, you know, things don't go right for you for 20, 25 minutes. You, mm-hmm. you kind of you question almost, it. You question it. You shrink yep. away from it. You almost go safe. But some of this, that like the way that, that they were playing, I don't think, I don't mean, I don't know Blair particularly well as a person, mm. but I don't think he's the type of person that would ever shrink away from them. Um, you know, playing on the edge a little bit as well. But, you know, they were really playing with ambition and, and, and playing with that same DNA that we've seen Edinburgh play with all season, despite the fact they'd had a pretty rough start to the game. So, no, it, it's it's good. And, you know, I, I like watching them. There's so many missing as well. I mean, keep well, saying it, but with, especially yeah. you mentioned back row and the, the, the kind of number of players not playing, yet exactly. he's still delivering quality players on the youngsters as well. Rudy Brown, I think, 18, comes off the bench as well. And yeah, there was a couple get, of schoolboys, wasn't there? Yeah, get, gets an opportunity. So, so if you just take that back row, as you mentioned, as a, an example, it's a, it's almost a, it is quite a good example of where Edinburgh is sticking to systems, bringing quality through, playing exciting rugby. Mm-hmm. And when they have to, they've, you know, delivering under pressure. Because it, yeah. it isn't easy for young players coming into that environment. But there's almost an expectation that you are going to deliver a performance and, and they're doing it. So cracking stuff, of course, uh, the, the two Scottish teams will go head-to-head next week as well, uh, yep. next Friday night, um, Glasgow versus Edinburgh. So no games for them this week, but there are obviously internationals under-20s are away in Treviso uh, and Scotland away in Rome. It's, a, it's an important game for Scotland, isn't it, in Rome? Yeah. Um, we've spoken about the first three games and spoken about you know, potentially the performance against France being probably the better of the three performances, but the poorest result in many ways. Yeah. So this is a big game, isn't it, in Rome? Yeah, I think it's massive, probably for the players more than anything. I know the like yeah. the fans as well, it's obviously super important, but I just think for for them, like there's there was so much chat prior to the tournament around the squad and, and what they could achieve and stuff, but it's almost not about that anymore. It's about, from, from my point of view, it's about them kind of regaining that confidence and what they're about and what they mm-hmm. can achieve and how they can play. I think like their focus just needs to be on on them and and doing getting back to to that performance that they were striving for at the start of the tournament. I think obviously Italy, although they've not had results, have, have shown that they particularly their first game. I thought they played pretty well, um, and then obviously they had a pretty unconventional game uh, last week where they were down to to thirteen men for a large portion, yeah. and and obviously still did all right in in those circumstances against a very good team. So. I don't think Italy are one that you can just count out at all. Like, you know, I think I think often people do that, but I think they're a team who are getting better season on season at the minute. So I think it'll be a tough game for Scotland, but I'm very optimistic that that they can go out and put in the performance that they've been striving for this this championship. Nice about execution, isn't it? But really about yeah. execution away from home, you know, and there's pressure, of course, in every game. And I sometimes think we make too much of the pressure of playing away from home. Yeah. I think sometimes it can be easier. You know, you know, in, in terms of there's a massive amount of pressure on the home side, and 
And I believe the Italians will feel pressure on themselves this weekend because this is the game they always target. This is the yeah. one at home against Scotland. They always do. I mean, there's rumours that Parisi might make a comeback as well. Yeah, that'd be mad, wouldn't it? Off, which would have an emotional <laughs> impact. I think Scotland should look forward to this weekend. They should look forward to playing, hopefully in good conditions, hopefully with an accuracy and a tempo that, that we've shown um, that, that, can, that can lead to a winning performance. So um, good luck to, to all those involved on Saturday and, of course, Friday night uh, and, and the 20s we've spoken about. The games have been quite similar as well. Like the the... the Kind of the best part of the performances has been their attitude, determination, the the fight to be in every game. Uh, we say every year that the performances improve over the the time they spend together, but this is a big big game for for mm. under twenties. Uh, Italian under twenties are strong. They've already beaten England, for example, this year. They a lot of returning players from the, the team that beat us heavily last year in Cardiff. So another big ask for the youngsters. Yeah, definitely. I think the the standard of the under twenties competition this year is very exciting in terms of the future as well. Like I yeah. think every game that I've seen bits of, I've seen most of the the Scotland under twenties, but I've seen bits of um, Italy and and the other teams as well. And all all six of the teams are are really playing at very high standard for an under twenties team. So it is exciting for for the future. But like you say, I think this is definitely a game for Scotland to to try and target. But again, it's not got not going to be any any mean feat for them to to go and beat Italy away because they are playing well and like you say beating a, a very strong England team yeah, we'll see we'll, we'll, uh, we'll have a look at it next week when we get the yep. the performances and results <laughs> and, and cover that off what's for you um, have you club game this weekend uh, played club game on you Saturday played last week. Yeah. yeah we had a thrilling 26 all draw yeah. against Bristol Bears which was actually quite impressive because we were 14-0 down after four and a half minutes. <laughs> I don't mind. I'm not going to, I know it's a Scotland, uh, a Scotland Italy week, but I won't go back to the 21-0 the down oh, yeah. after a seven-minute game that I played in. But, yeah, um, so it's not, no, quite not, as bad as that. not our uh, not our best day at the office, but we, we managed to scrape a few points out of it. Um, this weekend, we are, Scotland women are back in camp. In camp, of course. Um, so we're in camp this weekend, Saturday, Sunday, ahead of going into camp the following week for our first Six Nations game, which I can't believe is already here, but very exciting. So we are following the same format as the men in terms of order. So we've got England first up, which will be pretty tough ask. But um, mm. yeah, we're just excited to get back out there after uh, a pretty short break uh, since we've been back from Dubai. Well, thanks for listening once again. I hope you enjoyed the focus on Scottish Rugby Schools Week and also the input from the national team and the under-20s. We'll be back next week and we'll have a look at those games in Treviso and Rome and look forward to that. 